This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 150, Where Are You Anchored? with Heidi Tucker. everybody. I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and co-host, Becky Proudfit. What up? Hey there. And also, I am so grateful that we're having this episode before the month of May ends, because did you guys know that May is National Mental Health Month? Or intern- I don't maybe it's international, but it's Mental Health Month. That's, That's a awesome. thing. It's really cool. And it's a month that a lot of people in that space, of course, focus on and do kind of events around that and extra support for people and whatever. But for me, it's not something that has just, you know, completely overtaken my life by any means, but because I've had my own experiences with anxiety and I have people that I love who deal deeply with anxiety and depression. I, I perk up when I hear about Mental Health Month because I so appreciate the professionals in this space, first of all. I appreciate the caretakers in this space, the people who struggle with it themselves. And I know that our dear guest, Heidi Tucker, has a very special place in her heart for those who struggle with mental health. And it's definitely worth having conversations like these. And I think the most important thing when we have these kind of like days, you know, the days to recognize whatever, there's lots of things you can recognize Mm -hmm. is, is that awareness piece, right? Like we all know about mental health. We might even know someone who suffers with it, but I think just like taking a day to really, or in this case, a month to really just be aware of the existence of mental health issues is so, it really gives us a chance to kind of raise our compassion, Mm -hmm. raise our empathy raise our awareness to what other people might be dealing with, kind of those silent things that people deal with that we are unaware of. Mm -hmm. And it just puts us in a good space to love each other better. I I agree. I think if we could take a little action from just being aware that there's this awareness, right? You know, that there's this month that kind of honors the mental health space. Um, Maybe just the first person that pops into your mind right now, guys, who you might think maybe they could use a little check-in. How about act on that? And yeah. let's just like give them a call, send them a text, reach out, just check in with your, with your people, check yeah. in and just see how they're doing. Connection is everything. It helps a great, great, great deal. I think we can all attest to that, whether you connect that to mental health or not, but certainly connected to mental health. We all need more connection. So yeah. Think of that someone and reach out to them. We're excited to share Heidi Tucker with you. She's got a very unique unique experience, um, and therefore book that has resulted from this unique experience that she's going to tell you about. And this whole conversation is just so wonderful. So we're going to get to that, but, uh, first let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. If you're looking for a high quality, gorgeous, classic bag, check out maiden bags. You guys, you will find the most classic, versatile, stunning bags that you just can't wait to make a part of your everyday life. From crossbody to totes to backpacks and accessories, we have fallen head over heels for Maiden and their gorgeous products. And their colors, you guys, oh my goodness, to die for. When designing these products, they've succeeded in creating functional and beautiful bags that move with you through different stages of womanhood, like having a diaper bag that also works well as a laptop bag or for errands or a carry-on for travel. 
the modern styles, versatility, perfect implementation of pockets, and buttery soft exterior made of premium oiled vegan leather make any maiden bag the perfect reliable companion as you move through your day-to-day activities. Check them out on Instagram or online at maidenbags.com, M-A-D-E-N-B-A-G-S.com. Use code Becky at checkout to save 15%. Friends, I'm going to remind you about one of the fun facts about the podcast and the way that Becky and I choose to do things. Um, Maybe a little unconventional, but we like to pray before every episode. Mm -hmm. We do. We like to pray um, with each other if it's just the two of us, with our guests if we have a guest. It's just we are faith-filled women. It's just what we do. And we just prayed that this episode would be helpful to you in your journey. And I hope that you feel that as you listen to the message that Heidi's going to share. Welcome, Heidi, to Thank Cultivate you. a Good Life. So good oh, to be here. What an honor. You have such a fun history of reaching, especially women, through the work that you do. Will you share with everyone what it is that you do and, and a little bit about that work? Well, I am um, an author of three inspirational books and I award-winning award-winning yes one was just a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. Uh a new award so exciting yeah and so I love reaching women through words that I can write from my heart and I just um I learn the stories of people and once I know those stories I have to feel them and Mm -hmm. once I feel them I can I'm ready to write Mm -hmm. I love that so I do that I love to speak to groups of women and um I'm a mom and a grandma and a wife and how many grandkids do you have 10 and a half oh I cannot wait (laughs) we were just talking about that before man it's it's a weird realization that I'm closer to like grandmotherhood than I am to like child rearing years and I can't wait to just be covered to, up to my eyeballs and grandbabies. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait. You just well, love 10 and a half them. is just, that's a great, that's mm-hmm. a great little team you've got there. Is that okay to call it a half? Yes. Yeah. Him. We just found out it's a girl. Oh, congratulations. Oh. call him a half. He's half baked. Mm. He's half baked. Mm-hmm. Yes. I He'll love be it. here uh, on my birthday in August. <gasps> oh, is that right? Oh, that's mm-hmm. precious. Hopefully. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about what you do. Now, you know, you speak of the stories that you're able to find in people and how you're able to feel them and then kind of turn that into articulation. And you guys buckle up for the story that she's about to share with you today. And remember that with every episode you hear, even if you don't think the story is relatable to your life, just you wait. Get curious. Get curious. You will feel things specific for you. You know you will. If you're listening to the podcast on a regular basis, you know that's the theme that we talk about so much. Well, Heidi, let's hear it. Let's let's be guided through the experiences that you've had that you're excited to share with us today. Absolutely. I um, I want to tell you first. I'll tell you how I met Margie on this. She's yeah. she's the subject of my the story that I want to talk about today, which is my most recent book called The Secret Keepers. Mm. And I met her because she reached out to me, and we have a common friend. And she, that friend said, you know, could you reach out to this person? She's had kind of a hard life, and she loves your books. So it would mean the world hmm. if you would just call her and say, hi, I'm Heidi Tucker, and, you know, thank you for loving my books. Mm-hmm. And I'm always happy to do something like that. Sure. And so I reached out to her, and um, I thought, you know, this will we'll be on the phone for a couple of minutes. And, mm-hmm. and she said, I, well, I have a story, too. 
And I said, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. And mm-hmm. I sort of sat back in a cozy chair. And within five minutes, I was up scrambling for a pen mm. and a piece of paper. Mm. Because I, she, this story started to come out, and I quickly understood that there was severe abuse and trauma in her life as a child. I, um, I quickly, she introduced me to the term DID, which is dissociative identity disorder, used to be called multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. So this is a woman who has parts, right? And I'm thinking, wow, I have, I have never known somebody that I know of right? And so I I continued to listen to this. And I said, who am I speaking with then? You know? Mm -hmm. And she said, well, this is just me. And uh, I found out later, just me is a part, Mm -hmm. that that's her name is Mm -hmm. just me. Okay. And so we continued to talk um, about that. And what I what really caught my attention because as an inspirational writer, I write about light and about hope and everything inspirational. And this story, this story and this woman was so filled with courage and with faith and with gratitude for the simplest things in her life, mm. despite where she had been, that it just caught my attention. And I said to her, the next time I'm in your area, I want to meet you in person. And she said, oh, that would be you know, amazing. And so we agreed to do that. And um, I hung up the phone and I just cried. Mm. I mean, I just... I just thought, how, how is it that some people have that kind of upbringing and, and I didn't, you know, and how, how, is, that, how is that handled, you know, mm-hmm. and how, how did she rise up from something that was so just unbelievably hard? How did she do that? And I want to learn. I want to learn from her because mm-hmm. she has something to teach me. And so that was sort of, when I went to her home about three months later, that was the kickoff. I, I left her home saying, I'm, I'm writing this story. Oh. Mm. Yeah. I love where this is beginning, Heidi, because it's beginning with curiosity, which we, we think about. And, um, and I love that you took a genuine curiosity for someone else's story, a genuine interest in where she's been and what makes her who she is. And well, I, and with someone who like, you know, with any kind of mental illness, um, disorder diagnosis, like sometimes we may have a tendency unknowingly to marginalize, right? Or to, in our fear of not understanding, not engage. And what I love is that you kind of, you know, recognize that you didn't understand, like you said, you had never come in contact with someone with DID, but that, that curiosity kind of allowed you to sit with it and, and really dive into her mm-hmm. full story. Well, and yeah. ultimately connect with her on a level yeah. that I would assume most people in her life have never connected with her like that. Right. Absolutely. Because most people, like you're saying, Becky, most people would feel like they wouldn't know how. Yeah. So there's fear in that. Right. And you were coming, I can see this, you were coming from that place of love and genuine interest and curiosity and wanting to um, to dive into her story. Mm-hmm. What must that have felt like for her? Right. To have somebody see her, mm-hmm. love and her. not just her yes. challenge or her outward struggles, but mm-hmm. really see, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All that, of her, what really. a gift! What a gift! All of you. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know all of her. all of you in a very literal sense. All yes of her, and yeah. and she had read my two previous books, and mm-hmm. so my first book is a lot about me, and so people that read that feel like they're my 
best mm-hmm. friend, right? Yep. Yeah. That, that, that they have this emotional relationship with me. And, um, and so she, I think she trusted me right up front. And of course, that, that needed to develop mm-hmm. for me to, to feel comfortable and for her to feel comfortable to share her story with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. But I really wanted to validate her and I wanted her story to be important and to mean something and to change some lives. And I was happy and honored to be the one to do that. Oh, absolutely. So it was, what an incredible opportunity for me to take that and just, it was hard. You know, I mean, right, anything with mental illness, you're thinking to yourself, what am I doing? You know, and it felt so big. It felt so huge to me. Like, how am I going to get my arms around this? I can't even begin to write this story until I really know her and I really understand DID. So I needed the combination of both. So I just sat back and I listened and I read books and I, and I talked to therapists and I just, it took me two years mm. to get that book down on paper. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did I mean, you I get more out of hesitate. it than you ever would have expected? Mm. Yes. That's what I envision. Yes. Yeah. I mean, people have said to me, I have so many reviews. So many people reach out to me when they finish. The average read time is two, is two days. Mm. They can't put it down. Oh. And so I have so many people that say, I cried. You know, I just cried when I read it. And I'm like, yeah, I cried when I wrote it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I just wrote it from my heart. And it was, but it was just a beautiful a beautiful adventure for me to do that and a, quite the journey and I've I I'm I'm better I'm enlightened I'm educated I'm a better person for having gone through that with her clearly those listening who have an interest in her who are feeling drawn will get the book and read the book and know all the things the reason you're here today um, besides feeling completely inspired to have your voice amplified here in our community and on the podcast is that you feel compelled to share some of the things that you learned from this sweet woman and very much looking forward to hearing um, some of what you learned. Yes. So many things. So many things. We could just do a seminar, right? Right. Yeah. For eight hours. Yeah. Oh, easily. But, you know, in a nutshell, there are three main points that, that I take away from the whole experience of knowing her and knowing her story. And number one is she taught me to trust my core. Mm, I love that. Right? With all of the distractions and the different parts that are going on in her mind, you know, the parts take pieces of the abuse as Mm -hmm. a child. And that's a protection so that she could survive what she went through. That makes sense. Right. And then they emerge. Generally, it's with women. It's in their 30s that, that those parts begin to emerge again. They've got stories to tell, and it's confusing. You don't understand what's happening. And so I go through all of that in the book. But she's able to to sort of get through all of that noise and all of that distraction in her day and find her core. And that's something I think we all can completely relate with. I know in the work that I do that that common thread, I think the common the commonality that's at the heart of like any kind of disordered thinking, disordered actions, I really think that inherent mistrust of self is like mm-hmm. just the foundation of of everything that brings us misery in life. And also it kind of is a human condition that we are kind of hardwired to mistrust ourselves. Like we always think it's us. Mm. We always think there's something wrong with us. And that's where our brain goes to when things don't go our way. And so I absolutely love that trusting the core. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm taking this down to like 
for myself, what I'm taking out of this, which I imagine the listeners will too, is you can relate to this. Even if you maybe haven't had a DID or, you know, tons of really severe trauma that caused this personality kind of split situation, don't we all have that? Don't we all have yes. that? Those pieces of ourselves or those versions maybe is more accurate um, of ourselves that kind of surface and protect us. Like we all can relate to protecting ourselves with that with that kind of thinking. Right. And man, yeah. what an incredible story. Yeah. Those, those abusers, they tried to break her body. They tried to break her mind. They tried to break her will, but they could never break her spirit, mm. her core. You know, they never got to that. And she's a survivor because of that, because she was able to find and cling to her core. Mm. Which is a miracle in and of itself. Yes. I'm putting you both on the spot with a question, but can we? Can anyone think of an example of just kind of an everyday example of what that looks like to trust your core? It feels like it might be a little bit vague for some who mm. are like, I'm not sure what you mean. Mm. Can you guys think of an example, uh, an experience in your own life of what that looks like? Well, experience, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure I'll think of one as I'm talking. But I think that when when I talk to people and clients about inherent mistrust of self, it's literally like for me that that ugly thought that we all have that like it's me. I'm catastrophically flawed. Like I have to hide because I can't trust myself. And when we feel that way about ourselves, the problem is, is then we start making bad decisions because we don't feel like we're capable of making good decisions. We don't trust ourselves. When we lose that intuition, it's like losing our center of gravity. And then whatever influence we have, we just kind of, you know, are going like to and fro from one influence to the next. I mean, that pretty much sums up, I would say, age 14 to like 23 for me. Hmm. You know, just not truly under knowing who I was and being very sure that if I did know that I wouldn't like it. And so it was just like trying on different personalities to see Mm -hmm. what fit. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I had a very life changing experience that gave me that center of gravity, which for me was through Jesus Christ. Like when I had that, I like met myself for the first time and realized, Oh my gosh, I actually really like myself. Mm. And then I was able to start building the life that I love. Yeah. And, in, and in crazy hard times, you come back to that, right? Because when life tries to pull us and distract us and muddy up the waters, sometimes we lose our way for a minute or for a year or whatever that season is, and then we come back. Mm-hmm. We come back to that core belief, who are you, you know, and just knowing that and knowing that in your gut and your heart, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I think it takes work. It's critical. I agree. And it takes work, I believe, for people to really get to the point where they feel like they can trust themselves. They Mm -hmm. they can trust their core. Right. How amazing to learn something like that from a woman such as Margie, you said? Margie, yes. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the trials that she has faced and still probably continues to face are almost unfathomable. And look at what she has, is teaching us. Right. Uh, and she had to have worked so hard. So hard. To still trust is. her core. Yes, still oh, is. Miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. The second thing that she taught me is she taught me to anchor in hope. Mm. Boy, that's everything. That's right? everything. You have to, we have to stay anchored to the right things because if we pull our anchor up, we begin to drift, right? And that's where it gets dangerous and we get distracted. And there's so many things pulling on us in the world and in society and different opinions. But we have to stay anchored to hope. She never lifted her anchor out Mm -hmm. of hope. 
Never. From the time she was a little girl, she never lifted that anchor. And it allowed her to survive. It's also the reason that so many people love her. She is a cheerful, wonderful, kind person that people adore. Mm. And it's because of where her anchor is. Mm. What an act of courage. I think I heard this quote. I was watching a show with my husband, and this was like a British show. And I, I don't know if this is like a saying across the pond, but it was something they said, and they said that um, the, the, it's the hope that kills you. Mm. And I thought, man, that is the most depressing thing I've ever heard because really it's the hope that saves you. And I think sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that greatest Mm. act of courage and especially in her situation, what, what a show of courage and strength to maintain rooted and hope. Right. That's like almost superhuman for what she went through. Yeah. And make sure that you place your anchor in the right thing Mm. that if you place it in people, that might change if you place it in certain situations or mm-hmm. events. No, that's going to change. That's going to shift. As or you ways go that you're your validated. Yes. That might be another place that we don't mean to anchor, right? But that totally. Can right. Right. Mm-hmm. Her anchor is solidly, for her, it's placed in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is her hope. And she has never let go of that her entire life. Well, it's sur- and it has I want to meet her survive. and hug her and Absolutely. say, holy garbage, mm. you are a superstar. She mm. is. That's why this book needed to happen. No, I, yeah. I got to tell you, I have yeah. not read the book yet. And I'm like, is it rude if mid-episode I go on Amazon and purchase it right now? Because I'm kind of dying to read it. <laughs> Wait till we hit stop <laughs> yes. on the machine. Yes. yes. <laughs> Finally, number three of the million of things that she taught me. Number three is that she taught me persistence. And I think that when we're, when we're called to be true, you know, warriors in this life and to really go out there and make a difference, we've got to be persistent because it's hard. It's hard to do good, hard things. And we've got to be persistent. That means carry on. That means endure. That means finish. And I think that God wants us to make a commitment and then he wants us to walk the road. I don't think we need to run. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel like running, but most often we just need to walk. Yeah, I love that. To be persistent. And, um, you know, what is persistence? Persistence is unanswered prayers. Persistence is having a faith crisis. It's having um, health issues. It's having teenagers right? that make <laughs> yes, us crazy. Absolutely. That make us crazy. Mm. It's just hard times like that. It's death, you know, it's divorce. It's so many different things. It's and, all the variables right, right. that we can't control. Right. And often though, I think um, what I learned from Margie and persistence is that unanswered prayers are often just the answer looks different than what we want it to or mm-hmm. think it will look like. And um, I can give you an example. I mean, from her life, right? Since she was a little girl, since she was four years old, she's praying, please take this away. Please make this stop. Well, God didn't take that situation away. He didn't stop the abuse, but he gave her a mind to to split and to take pieces of that abuse so that she could survive. Mm. That's what he gave her. And... Years later, he gave her people who would love her and would support her. And 
guide her through this life to understand where she had been and what she had gone through and how she could move forward with grace and with peace. And so it's, it's really interesting. Um, after a, a childhood of an, unanswered prayers, she never gave up. Mm. And she always returns back to her anchor. She returns back to God. She returns back to that. So she's solid mm. in moving forward. But she walks like the rest of us, a step at a time, mm-hmm. right? We're not expected to run. We just need to continue to walk. And maybe sometimes we might even be crawling, right? We exactly. may even be like True. pulling ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Just clawing, clawing that one inch forward. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely times in our life, right, which are, I like to call the face plants, Mm. Where we where we face planet into a mud puddle, yep. mm-hmm. and we just lay there for a while. Yep. And I think we should lay there for a while, and just sort of scrounge around in the mud. And then at some point, we gain the strength, right, to get up, get on our knees, wipe off our face, stand up. Here I go. And uh, guess what? You have new perspective. Mm-hmm. You have new empathy. You have a new gift to share. Because of the face plant in the mud puddle. Oh, so true. And we don't yeah. want it. We never want no. the face plant. No. We don't want to see the mud, let alone smell it and eat it and have it stuck right. on the exactly. corners of in our, our mouth. In our nostrils. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yet, and yet, is that not what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that impresses me about Margie, and I'm with you, Becky, I just want to meet her and hug her. Right. Um, and Heidi, you're the closest thing we have to that. We're going to give you the biggest hug after this. <laughs> um, but I, I, in talking to you before, I could tell that gratitude was one of those things that has helped her, that has centered her, grounded her, helped her to survive this experience in her whole life. Is that is that um, something that she talked about much with you? Is that something that she was able to um, explain in her journey is just being able to find things to be grateful for? Yes, I saw it right up front, mm. right up front, and continued to see it and to feel it and to hear it from her. Mm continuously and I still do every time I talk on the phone with her Mm. so she is I'll give you an example when she walks into the grocery store and she sees the apples laid out in the produce section she has a little cry Mm. you know I mean she's just like so grateful for the man that put them in this beautiful order Mm -hmm. she's so grateful that the farmer brought them from the orchards so that they could have the apples to purchase, so that she can slice them and feed them to her family. Mm. She feels all of that when she sees the apples. Oh, okay. what a gift. I am never going to look at the apples the same again mm-hmm. Yeah, in the produce department. Like if we can have that kind of gratitude mm-hmm. for everything and everyone and every circumstance in our life, it would change us. It would change those around us yeah. if we felt it, let alone expressed yeah. it. She's unique. She's unique in that. She says, how does everyone not have this gratitude? I mm. said, oh, Margie, you have a gift. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. a gift for gratitude. When she sees flowers, she's just you know, amazed by the colors. And she thinks about the seed that they came from. And mm. you know, God gave me these flowers to make me happy. And look at the mountains and look at the clouds. And she feels all of it. You know, standing in the, in the shower in the morning, she's thanking God for warm water that hits her, you know, in the shower. And so it's just, yeah. it's oh. a whole different level of gratitude than anything that I've ever really 
seen in someone else. It's inspiring. Do you know what yeah. that reminds me mm. of? Um, our friend David Butler. Yep, that's was exactly, that the story coming oh, to mind? Yep. He tells a story about just staring at an orange and being like, how incredible mm-hmm. that from a seed that randomly like falls from fruit, plants itself in the earth, all these variables against it, it grows up. And becomes an orange. And then, my favorite part, he said, and then... A tree first, A tree, right? A tree, and then produces the fruit. He said, and then you pick it up. And, like, literally, like, food appears out of nothing. He says, and then you peel it. And you realize that God has already made it quartered for you. And he's already, like, (laughs) had your lunch. Yes. And he said, how can anyone not know or not feel the reality of a loving God when they see an orange yeah. because Love it's that. a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I thought that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Such, yeah, such a cool perspective. It is. It's perspective. It's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you think about Margie or you think about this, you know, the example that David shares with the orange, like you, you have to internalize that and think about the way that you look at things around you and not just the things that come from the earth per se, but like a painting, Mm-hmm. How amazing that someone took a paintbrush and made that right. or a piece of music that inspires you. I mean, there's music that brings me to tears. We, yes, absolutely. And am I taking a moment to, to feel gratitude, not just feel the emotion with it, but just be like, whoa, whoa, that someone, lots of someone's actually that, that came together and produced this to make me feel this. Are we taking the time to feel that gratitude? Right. Oh, I just, I love that she, I can picture that every day, mm-hmm. you know, the shower, the produce department, her family around her, everything. Right. Like, yeah. She recognizes it every single day mm. from her, you know, from the flowers in her yard to her grandchildren to her sweet husband. I mean, it, it just goes the full scope for her and nothing is, um, is missed in her realization and her recognition of it in mm. her everyday life. Well, there's just so much. I mean, so much we take for granted. And uh, I remember an experience, oh gosh, I don't know, a year ago or maybe six months ago or two, three years ago. I feel like... It's been a pandemic. I, I'm, I'm feeling, right. I'm feeling a little great. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not really sure of timelines at this point. But in Arizona, we have, you know, uh, thunderstorms, really bad thunderstorms. We call them monsoons. The rest of the world Very calls rarely. it... Thunderstorms. We, we don't have them often enough, but right. yes, we call it monsoons. So we, ha- we had one, and the power went out, yeah. which almost never happens. Mm-hmm. And so all my kids, all of them, all four of them, piled into our bed, and we were without power for a fair amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we didn't have TV. We didn't have, like, the normal things we would turn to to, like, distract ourselves or whatever. And I'll tell you, when the power went on, we had a new appreciation yeah. for oh. what electricity provides oh. us. Totally. And the thing I'm thinking about is, you know, for someone in the in the depths of a trial or in the depths of just the ugliness of humanity and life sometimes, like that view of gratitude, like what precedes that is usually awful, mm-hmm. right? It's when we're in the depths of despair and, and are able to come out of that where we gain that perspective. There There is no other way to get it without that depth. And yeah. so... I just imagine someone out there listening who's just in the deepest of the deep, feeling like they're being taken under, mm-hmm. and just know like this gratitude, this this feeling like that is the result of coming out of that, mm-hmm. right? And and the three things that Heidi that you talked about trusting your core, 
anchoring yourself in hope and being persistent, like these are three very um, applicable things that we can help, that can help us to pull ourselves out of that dark Mm -hmm. place. Um, Man, we talk about it all the time, Becky and I, in our conversations, just there's so much loss of hope Mm -hmm. and there's so much despair right now and everyone's situations are so completely unique and different and I would never throw an umbrella you know Mm -hmm. statement over what all of that feels like or what all of that looks like but um what Heidi would you say just kind of as an overriding thought um in addition to everything we've talked about what is it that someone can hang on to from you with regards to trying to find hope in a dark time well, I think um, I think we lose hope because we're raised with fairy tales and Disney and all of those glorious, right? Mm-hmm. Those glorious cobblestone streets with flowers mm-hmm. spilling out of the window seals. I and mean, we love the cobblestone and, streets. And yes, the flowers. and yes. we want them—the <laughs> yes. singing in the fields of mm. daisies, right? We want that, and all of a sudden we hit twenty-five or whatever, mm-hmm. and we say, "Wait, where's?" Where's that life? Mm-hmm. I want that life that I've seen on TV and I've seen in the movie theaters and read as kids in books. And, Absolutely. And it's um, so it's sort of rearranging your thought process to okay, how can I, how can I learn, and how can I take this hard time and how can I create a gift out of it to turn it around and make a difference with this? What can I do with this? And so I feel like hope is is a long-range perspective of saying, how can I get through this? I am going to get through this because Mm -hmm. I believe that there are promised blessings at the end of this road and being confident that you can. Mm. And we do that with the things that we've just talked about, with knowing who you are, with anchoring yourself, being persistent, keep walking. You don't have to run. If you fall down, take a minute, stand back up. And really find a way to make a difference with what you're learning on your journey. Mm. Because we are all learning very unique things. And that gives us, in turn, very Mm. unique gifts to share. Margie has a unique gift to share with the world. Right. And she's doing that right now through this book. And that's what I love more than anything, is she is teaching something to the world Mm. uniquely that I've never been through. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But she has. And so we each have that ability. We all have something that of a place we've been or conditions or circumstances in our life. We do have the ability to stand up and move forward with a whole new perspective and empathy to change someone else's life because mm-hmm. of where we've been. And I think that's hope. That is hope. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we're going through these, what's that quote that says like, You've made it through 100% of your worst days. or mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love that perspective. But then also being able to come out the other side and to share, right? To share your story, to embrace your story is literally the miracle that creates meaning inside of it. Like mm-hmm. we have the power to create meaning inside of these situations we're in through being honest, through connecting. Yep. And, and maybe that's, you know... Like Margie happened in the form of a book. I'm not saying yours has to happen in the form of a book or a podcast, but even in your honest interactions with the people you love or the people around you, um, it gives people a chance to authentically love the real you. And the miracle is 
we then aren't at odds with our trauma anymore mm-hmm. because it's it's an embraced part of our life because we recognize the result of making through making it through that is this ability we have to connect with other people mm-hmm. to help other people and it's it, it's a miracle yeah i have a personal belief that there are some things that we go through individually that are meant to keep to ourselves they are they are just for us in fact they are sacred or whatever you want to call it right they're really just for us and most of what we experience really is meant to be shared it really is and by share i mean it could be very privately one on one with the one person right the family member the friend the the stranger that you connect with over mm-hmm. something and sometimes it is, in this case of Margie, it did happen through a book. Um, there are things that Becky and I both share individually on our Instagram accounts or here on the podcast on a weekly basis. There are public ways to share. There are private ways to share. But we are supposed to share. Mm-hmm. There's no question in my mind that so much of what we experience is so that we can connect with other people. And it helps other people to connect with their stories when we share our stories. Mm-hmm. And is that not part of what we're here to do? Like, I can't imagine Margie going through this experience and having this life and not having met you and not having this book that helps amplify her voice, which then, I mean, for sure, you and I were talking before about how this was for her. A hundred percent, this book was for Margie. That's it. If no one else has reached, it was for her. And also, have you heard from people who have been touched by her story? Absolutely. Right. Of course. I've heard from therapists that said, that have said to me, I'm a better person and I'm a better therapist because of what I've seen in this story, mm-hmm. the detail, you know, and the understanding from the perspective of a multiple. And I've had people that have been in abused situations that have reached out and said, oh my gosh, you know, this was, changed the details and this is my story. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not DID, I just, you know, but I've, I can relate with some of what you've talked about. Mm-hmm. And this book has given me hope. And then I've, I've heard from people that, um, you know, have not been in abusive situations, but they've just said, I am so inspired and I am changed and I am, I'm going to look at life differently because of what I've learned from Margie. And so it's mm. just really, um, it's an honor to have been a part of it. And, but you're right, I did this for her. I did this just for her. If, if one person read it, then I was successful in getting this book out. And um, even if you were the reader, even if, if that one person exactly, was you, the writer exactly. is the reader. Yeah. I mean, I just changed knew, you. I knew our paths um, came together for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so it was up to me to make that happen. And so um, I can tell you just this, a really tender story. When we were sitting, um, we were sitting and we had books piled around us because we were both going to sign 200 books, the, mm-hmm. the two of us. And, um, so we went, we started signing, and she just kind of was sitting there. And I said, Margie, are you okay? And she just sort of sat there, and she said, looked at me, and she said, that little girl had no voice for so long. She was a secret for so long. And here is her story, you know, right here. It's out in the open. I mean, what a vulnerable, right, moment for her. Yeah, absolutely. And a little bit frightening, maybe. And um, I said to her, Margie, I just got an order from two women, one in England and one in Ireland. They want me to ship books out. And I said, that little girl is now going to be loved and admired and heard from all over the world. 
and we both just cried. Mm. We just sat and cried together. Mm. I mean, it was just like this full circle. We did this. Mm. We did this. And her, um, the darkness that she has been through has been made light because she's sharing it. And when you take things that happen in the dark and you, you, just, you use them to help people and to make a difference in the world, that becomes light. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's been able to do. Heidi, imagine if when you first heard about this woman and to reach out to her and to spend a couple minutes talking to her, imagine if you had not followed through with that nudge that you were feeling. Because mm-hmm. what was the nudge? The nudge was, this is too big. This is too hard. This is way over my head. Mm. And But I felt it in my gut, and I thought, said to myself and I said to God no right no, I don't I don't think I want to do this because you weren't seeking out to write a book I was not seeking. I mean like let's be no. clear this was not like oh oh perfect it's so good that I get to meet up with someone like this because I've been thinking I should probably write a book about <laughs> no. multiple personality yeah. like that's not at all how no. it came about no and yet it was undeniable yes can I ask a question mm-hmm. and I'm asking this question to illustrate probably something that a lot of people are feeling when you when this opportunity literally plopped itself in your lap did you feel capable did you feel qualified did you feel like I was like this was something you were totally (laughs) confident you could do or was there a level right no I was sitting there thinking I'm an inspirational author I write about light I write about hope Yes, I write about struggles and about pulling ourselves out of those struggles and how to do that really effectively and efficiently. But um, no, I, I'm not a therapist. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know anything about DID. And this is way too big. And then, of course, whenever, I'm, whenever I feel like I've been called and I feel that nudge, that called to do something, mm-hmm. Immediately, the gremlins begin to whisper in my ears, you're Ugh. not good enough, yep. you're not smart enough, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. You're not Why, qualified. Right, you're not qualified. Why would anybody want to read anything you have to say? I mean, mm-hmm. I, hear, I hear that. Mm-hmm. I hear that. And so I had to battle that as well. But I had to follow what was in my gut and my heart, and I knew I had been put together with this woman for a reason. Mm. And so I wanted to highlight that because, you know, oftentimes we'll meet people, oh, I could never, I could never do, I could never write that book. I could never, you know, for us, I could, I could never do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't think I could either. And I think that that's where the myth is, is that anyone who's doing anything, you know, it's always scary. There's always that level of like, we call it imposter syndrome of that, that who am I to do this? Like, I am so not qualified to do this. And the goal is, the goal is never to not feel that because I don't think we can control that part, right? The goal is we feel that and we're able to like move through it. We're able to take that, that intuition, right? And let that lead us into action. But don't let those feelings hold you back. Like, hello, Heidi already had two books, award-winning books is an experienced author and speaker and she felt that right exactly so what i'm basically saying is if she felt that you absolutely have permission to feel underqualified 
in whatever you feel like you need to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's more, okay. more than permission, it's almost like you need to expect that that happens. And when that happens, it's probably because it means that something is mm-hmm. brewing, that mm-hmm. something is coming. Is that your experience too? All good things come with opposition, mm-hmm. banging on yes. your door. Yep. 100%. That's my experience. Same here. My experience too. <laughs> we all are like hands in the air. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So embrace the fear. Yeah. Embrace the like Well, and recognize doubt. the opposition. Recognize yes. it. Just acknowledge, oh, this is just how it works. Mm-hmm. Something very good is supposed to happen from this. So when opposition's knocking on the door, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, oh that, okay, I see it. Here it is. Here it is. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, then that means... That means we're moving forward, right? Yeah. yeah. Means I can't wait to see how this is right. going to pan on my, out. On my first book, Finding Hope in the Journey, uh, when I felt those feelings, that was really hard because I, you know, who do you think you are that you can write? And all, I mean, that was, that was really mm-hmm. hard. It, that still happens to me, you know? I'm, <laughs> that's, so when I, when I heard that on the third book, I was able to say, I know what this is. Yep. Here it is uh, once mm-hmm. again. And to move forward. So if we, the sooner we can sort of trust ourselves and trust that we do have gifts, yeah, it's going to be hard. Good things are hard. They're mm-hmm. hard. They t- take hard work, hard work and persistence. And, mm-hmm. But, hey, we can do it. Just ignore those little gremlins that want to whisper in your ears. I like to imagine that the opposition is evidence of my ability That's right a great way to like, look at it whenever you know i believe that that opposition comes from satan and when satan comes knocking on my door instead of being afraid or letting that overcome me i literally think he's paying attention mm-hmm. i'm on the right path yeah he knows what's coming yeah. and i can do this i absolutely can do this and you just got to kind of switch it around in your head mm-hmm. such a positive way to look at it mm-hmm I've had lots of opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I know. He knows. He knows. Well, he I, know. this is what an inspiring and inspired conversation. What an inspired path that you've been put on. And, you know, one of the big keys that I feel from this is just your willingness, your courage in following through when you know you're supposed to do something. We talk about it all the time here on the podcast. Like, pay attention to what you're feeling because that's. That's like you trust your core. Mm -hmm. You're feeling something specific for you right now for a reason. Identify what that is. Expect the gremlins, right? Expect the opposition. Welcome the gremlins. Yeah, just say (laughs) say hello. Welcome cheering squad. You continue to heckle. I got this. Yeah. (laughs) No, truly. And, you know, think of this for a sense of humor. But truly, like when that happens, do what you need to do to acknowledge it and then move forward and how one step in front of the other. Mm -hmm. You just Mm -hmm. take forward motion. You take action. You didn't ignore that. Heidi, you you took action. You moved forward in developing a relationship, a friendship, a trusted relationship. Um, partnership with this amazing woman whose story needed to be told. Mm -hmm. And we are grateful that you've shared it with us. And, oh, I cannot wait to read that one. I'm with you back. Like, can't wait. Let's have a book club. Yes. Two day marathon. I love it. Read the book. Mm -hmm. Is there anything, um, any final parting thoughts that you want to share with us, Heidi? Just that um, you can find me on YouTube. I've got my own YouTube channel, Heidi Tucker. And um, everything I write and speak about has got the theme of hope in it. That's what I'm all about is hope. And I'm just a firm believer that hope is real. It's there for all of us. And we just need to tap into that. And there are ways that we can position our hearts 
to see it and to hear it and to feel it in our lives. And that is, it is possible. It comes in small doses, and, but it's there. It's there. It's, we, see, we barely can see it. Sometimes it's just a glimmer. But if we can recognize that glimmer, that's everything. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We all need a little more hope, don't we? We need a little more glimmer, a little more hope. Mm. Yes, and trusting in ourselves. It is a beautiful life. It's a messy, imperfect, sometimes face-planted life. But it's that trust that will get us um, to the next step. Thank you so much You're for so sharing welcome. that with us. What You're a so delight. Welcome. You are amazing. Friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us with Heidi in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye. My favorite hike mm-hmm. in Arizona, not in Arizona, but in our in our area that I can get to quickly is Dragonfly Loop. Yeah, at um, Spur, Spur Cross Ranch. Did you ever do that one? Yes. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. And it's a good, you know, it's like what four point eight miles, and mm-hmm. do, depending on which kids, route you go. Yeah, my kids love it. <laughs> it's just my kids I'm, do. It's one just, of the ones I know. That I'm they giggling because on. if I had kids that actually expressed that they liked hiking at all, when I say like, let me let me you yeah. make them and then they like right. don't. When people reach out it. and they're like, "How do you make your kids hike?" My kids would never do that. I'm like, okay, let me give you my formula. Kids, get in the car. We're going hiking. Okay, cool. I I understand you don't want to. We're still doing it. So get in the car. Yeah. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. Good thing you did that while they were younger. Because when they're my kids' age, oh, yeah. it's very different. Well, when they were younger, actually, we would get um, slushies after every hike mm-hmm. on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But remember, we started because they were complaining about really dumb things. Mm-hmm. So the theme for our year was we can do hard things. And then you went hiking. Every Saturday. There you go. <laughs> With slushies. And April, you're going to get the wildflowers. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Best good. Best month of the year to hike.